This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and thank you for joining me today. We have some great episodes coming between now and the end of the year, and some of them, hopefully fortunately, but fortunately or unfortunately, will be some stories that I will tell and not be the standard interview. So we're going to have a bunch of interviews lined up, but we're also going to have some stories where I'm giving you a read on what I'm seeing in the market and then a story that speaks to that. Today, I want to talk about uh, the manifestation of what has happened with all the new tech that's come into retail real estate, the impact that has had, and how the art of real estate still is super important. And the two things that I think we see a lot of today that are impacting retail real estate decisions and where stands up, stores end up and how the store ended up in your neighborhood are location analytics and sales forecasting software. For those who don't know, location analytics um, really aims to provide data around human movement and where people are moving and how they are uh, moving from place to place. Some call this location analytics, geofencing, traffic counting via cell phones, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And the other is sales forecasting, where there's a lot of tech around that retailers have that can do a very good job of forecasting a sales for a location. One of the things that happens is retailers typically will put a market strategy together where they figure out based on sales forecasting, their current business, and a bunch of other data points on where they should be locating stores, both in markets and in sites. And one of the inhibitors to this for retailers is their existing portfolio because they might have a store with a lease, they, um, and it might inhibit them getting that demand that they believe is there based on their data today. And it's important to the retailers that they grab and access that potential business. This is a challenge that I think is accelerating because of migration and the changing of markets is happening so fast. Migration, hybrid, remote work, the changing of markets. This is causing people to continuously reevaluate their existing store fleet, i.e. their portfolio, and how to position it best to get access to the business they believe they can do in a certain place. And so I'll, I'll give a story to further explain. We had a property that we had purchased to be a big box center, pretty vacant, and we had a tenant we were pursuing, the first one to anchor the project, and now there's many anchors in this project, 
and they liked the project, they liked the idea, the vision, and the market. They knew they needed to be there. But they had a store five, six miles away that had a long lease term, and they weren't sure if they were gonna keep that or they were gonna close it. Uh, the sales data didn't say that if they opened another one, they should close it. What it did was to make the project work at the property we owned, they could only pay so much in rent. The reason being is the, the forecast showed that putting a store here would cannibalize the sales of the existing store. It was like five, six miles away. Now, we believe there were things that weren't, weren't coming up in the data that that probably wouldn't happen. And we had our own challenges where we had purchased the property for a certain price. There was a cost to do the deal and we had a return we needed to hit. And so we had a bid ask challenge on the rent, even though everyone wanted to do this. So how do you get to the finish line? Well, what we had said was, listen, we don't think that is going to happen. So let's have a mechanism in the lease that if the cannibalization does not happen, that the rent would move up to where we needed to be. We also did some value engineering on the cost to bring the cost down so that we could not get exactly the return we wanted, but get close if we missed on the upside. But it led to us constantly evaluating on an annualized basis the sales of two locations. And if the one location didn't decrease and the existing location hit their sales threshold, that the rent would be triggered to move up in the lease. Now there was a lot of language around this. Obviously this is an interesting concept, but we believed that the trade area worked differently than the sales forecast was saying. And we were trying to both get creative to make a deal work. And I think that's the art that the industry is going to require in order to accelerate store growth in the places where retailers believe they have demand. Because, and by the way, both locations still operating today. What has happened is they realized they needed both. And so um, the sales forecasting data, data and software is incredible today. And the, it, is, it hits the mark often. It doesn't change the fact that commercial real estate people need to be creative in order to make deals work. It doesn't change the fact that um, sometimes there's an art and there's anecdotal data that is super critical in site selection that doesn't show up 
in software and numbers. And so I share that story because rarely does a rent in a lease move based on the sales of two locations. And I think it's an uh, important one. And the other thing about this that I think is important is this is why in an, a tech-enabled and a automated world, relationships still are critical. Because in order to have something like that work, the two people need to be able to sit in a room, have a meeting of the minds, which is what happened. And then that person has to go in front of their committee and on the other side, the, the, the real estate owner has to go to their committee and explain this uniqueness to everybody. In a world where everyone's looking for speed, 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 people would say, like, if it doesn't check all the boxes, it slows things down. I would argue in this scenario, it sped things up because that retailer wouldn't have had a store in this market for years. The individual deal took longer, potentially because of the unique structure. But the access to the potential business that wasn't being garnered by the other store would have taken a long time. And so that's what I have for everybody today. A short episode story on some creativity. If you want to talk more about that and how we got that done, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or you can um, email us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. And I hope everyone has a great rest of the week and look forward to you joining for our next conversation. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives, so it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.